What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Uh, before we get going today, special thanks to BetterEdge.com. Uh, if you got before you hit fast forward, before you get going for the show today, how does ten free dollars sound? Okay, how's a free ten dollar bill sound? Does that sound good to everyone listening? I can give a free ten dollars to everybody listening right now. Here's how here's how easy it is. Go online, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Sign up for a new account where you can uh, start making some sports bets and use promo code SHARP. That's SHARP with a P. Use that promo code. You get 10 free dollars in your account. Okay. Now, here's the great thing about Better Edge. Obviously, sign up. Great. Uh, well, I don't want to call them a sports book because they're not technically a sports book, but you can make your, your sports bets on there. You sign up, you use promo code SHARP, you get $10 free. But the great thing is Better Edge allows you to bet VIG free. Okay, so you can start making all of your sports bets without the VIG, without the household. No joke. This is a real thing. Okay, so online, betteredge.com, promo code SHARP, start betting VIG free today. And also, of course, you can bet VIG free and start saving immediate, you know, money immediately. But it's also got some really cool features like social components. You can follow your friends, do some smack talking on there, you know, see what their records are, make sure they're not lying about their records, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So check them out online, betteredge.com. Use promo code SHARP and start making more money today. What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How you guys doing today? Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday. Today is Wednesday the 31st. We are wrapping up March. And on today's show, we actually were kind of shuffled around this week. We did our uh, Major League Baseball season preview yesterday. Go check that out if you haven't already. And uh, so we're moving Concept Tuesday to today. <laughs> Uh, we usually do a Concept Tuesday, and honestly, I think those Concept Tuesday shows are one of the most listened to uh, on a weekly basis outside of the weekend quick picks. So I know you guys like that a lot. So what we did is we're moving uh, Concept Tuesday from yesterday to today, and then usually what we do on Wednesdays is Premier League, and they're just not going on a lot right now in the Premier League. They're doing international soccer, and so if you want any Premier League games, just tune back in this weekend for the quick picks, and we should get you guys a couple games there. But on today's show, we'll talk some Concept stuff, And uh, like I said, if you missed the baseball preview, go listen to it. And we had a nice, interesting discussion on there, which led me to do some work after the show yesterday. And I was, you know, I wanted to bring uh, bring up that topic on today's show. Okay. So I got into a, So yesterday on the Major League Baseball preview show, I had a baseball expert in studio. His name is Connor Holdskamp. He's, he's really good with the MLB. He's not necessarily a betting expert, but he just knows baseball really well. And we got into a discussion about... Do spring training, does spring training matter? You know, when you're looking at a player and seeing if you can predict how they're going to do in the season, does spring training matter? And I went in because I didn't understand this was going to be a debate. <laughs> I just went in and I was doing some, you know, some, some preseason work and I found that it does matter, right? Preseason matters for, for some things more than others, but it matters. And when I brought that up yesterday on the show, you know, Connor gives me a look like, what are you talking, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not true at all. And so after the show yesterday, He's like, what, you know, is that, let me see these numbers. Let me see these stats. That's not true what you said. And it got me thinking about the problem with predictions because 
there, there is a problem with people thinking that they can make predictions about things without using data or software that's meant for this. Okay. Now, I want to say this, Connor. Is, this isn't. A, I don't want to. I actually wanted to have him on today's show to give him a little bit of a voice, so we can have him on sometime, so he can defend himself here. But this isn't about bashing what he said or anything like that. Let me let me tell you right now. He's a he's a brilliant dude. Okay. He's a very smart guy. He understands a lot about a lot. Okay. It's not like he's just getting on here saying, "Yeah, preseason doesn't matter," because he's operating on a whim. He's a smart guy. He understands how things work. But the issue is he's watching preseason games. He may be doing a little bit of data work, looking at ESPN or, you know, getting some stats, things like that, looking at on-base percentage, whip, right? Looking at seeing if, if, if stats matter. And I think that's the big misconception. When we look at things, when we look at predictions, whether it's preseason to regular season or as simple as will the Lakers win tonight? You know, what should the line of this hockey game be when we're making predictions about things? It's often much, much more complicated than most people think. Okay. So I think that there's a lot of misconceptions that go with this whole spring training. And look, today's whole show is going to be be about predictions. Okay. Because the art of predicting something is so complex and so difficult. And people often don't understand what that means. Okay. When you predict something, when I predict the Lakers to win by five, I'm not guaranteeing the Lakers to win by five. If I predict the Lakers to win by five and they lose, you know, if if I have a history of coming up with good lines and data and numbers, I'm not too worried about that. You know, predictions aren't guaranteeing what's going to happen. You don't have a crystal ball. You know, when you hear the weatherman, the meteorologist say you're going to get a foot of snow and it only snows a couple inches. You know, he, he may have been wrong, but he's going to have a much better idea of what would happen than we do. You know, the idea, and I guess this was my this was my thing yesterday, the idea that you can watch preseason baseball, okay, and just kind of observe what's happening and think that translates into regular season success or, or whatever, that to me is the same as going outside, sticking your finger in the air, and thinking you can come up with the same weather report as a meteorologist. You're just behind the eight ball based on the the outlets that you have, the, the the software you have on your computer, your skills that you have, your knowledge that you have. You know, for those who don't know, I am a certified data scientist. You know, when I got to a certain point in my sports betting career, I, I re-enrolled in school at 31. I went back to college. I went to University of Denver, studied computer science, data science. And what I learned, maybe the most important thing that I learned when I was taking data science is that when you're talking about predictions, right? And predictive value, unless you have an incredible amount of data, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands, if not millions of data points, unless you have access to good data, it is almost impossible to make good predictions. Okay. That's maybe one of the most important things I learned. And we did this, you know, it's, it's, I used to do this in my job before I would, before I understood data science, I would pull up spreadsheets or databases and I would just look and I would try and find trends and things like that. But I'm telling you guys, it's impossible, literally impossible to find correlation without doing math. You can't watch something and say, oh yeah, that correlates to that. That correlates to that. Now, obviously some things correlate to others that, that are obvious. Okay. But when you're, I mean, like we can probably all say, uh, more sunshine correlates to more sunburns, right? That doesn't take a genius to understand that. But when you're talking about things like sports or even weather or, or anything really, even maybe sunburns, okay? 
there's so much that we don't see and there's so many flaws with the human brain that we need to get rid of those flaws. We need to get rid of those biases. And the only way to do that is to have the applicable software uh, to, to, to look at these things and to run these numbers through. And you may say, well, Tyler, if I don't have the right software, how the hell am I supposed to do any of this predictive stuff? You're not helping me. But my point is not to go find the software and to go enroll and to go now learn data science. My point is to not operate with false assumptions. So Connor yesterday saying preseason means 0.0%. That actually is extremely far from the truth. Preseason is very, very important. But there's certain things that the average person doesn't understand when they think they're making good predictions. Now, let's talk about sample size because sample size is always thrown around there. Sample size, sample size. You hear it so much, but what does it really mean? Because when you're looking at data and you're looking for trends or things that matter, you need need sample size for anything. Okay? I don't care whether you're talking about weather or sports or anything. You need sample size. Okay, But the issue with trying to predict whether spring training correlates or transfers into regular season success is that sample size in this scenario is actually irrelevant. Okay, Because the preseason is a determined small period of time. We don't care really what their stats are. We don't care if they have good on-base percentage, good ERA. That's not what we're looking for, but I think that's what Connor and the average person looks for. Good ERA? Oh, well, if he doesn't have a good ERA in the regular season, it obviously doesn't, doesn't correlate, okay? So sample size is actually irrelevant because of one factor. We're not extrapolating, okay? Let's focus on this word extrapolating quickly. This is the single biggest reason why the average person out there who doesn't have access to a lot of the software to do these things, they just extrapolate, right? This is, it's, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's like a human mechanism. This is what we are pre-designed to do. But extrapolation has a lot of flaws. And the main flaw is extrapolation assumes nothing will change. It, it assumes what we've seen will com- continue to repeat itself over and over and over and over and over, okay? We're not extrapolating here. Extrapolating is very simple, very simplistic, and it's what a lot of people actually just normally do, okay? So we're not extrapolating which means sample size is actually not relevant. We don't care what their stats are. We know it's small sample size. What we're looking for are specific stats or a collection of events that happen that do translate. You know, people think, uh, here, here, here's the, the flaw that people think about regular season or preseason, okay, or spring training. Sample size is so small that these stats aren't really reflective of what their regular season stats will be, right? That's what people think. They go, you know, who cares? They only played X amount of games. Who cares if they're hitting 500? That doesn't translate. But what I'm saying isn't that a 500, uh, uh, what am I looking for? 500 uh, uh, batting average. That's not going to translate necessarily to a 500 batting average in the regular season. Hell, his batting average may get cut in half to 250. But what it will translate in are other good positive factors around that batter. And I think one of the main issues is people want this to be easy. People want this to be black and white. I think that, again, yesterday... If it's not black and white, if it's not clear that there's some kind of correlation that the average person wants to say, ah, no correlation, but I'm here to let you know that's not a wise way to approach things. If you start betting with those hunches, start betting with those assumptions, you will lose money quickly. Predicting things is very difficult. If you guys are interested in predictions and the art of predictions, I I have a, a good book that you guys should read. It's called The Signal and the Noise. It's by Nate Silver. 
And it talks about all kinds of predictions and the problem with predictions. And this is everything from from weather to sports to pandemics. It's, it's, it's a great book. But what they talk about in that book is how wrong we can be and how, how, how humans, you know, we naturally take these shortcuts and we want things to be black and white. And, you know, I, I understand that it's, it's not as easy as saying a player's having a great preseason or a great spring training is going to have a great regular season. But what I've found is that it does matter. There's some things that matter. And if you try and ignore it and try and just say none of it matters, you're going to lose money. Okay? This is my main thing on this show. I've got no agenda here. I just want everyone out there to bet smarter. And if we operate with false presumptions, we will not bet smarter. And again, I mean, maybe I need to give a little bit of an example here, okay? Because again, a good ERA in spring training doesn't necessarily mean good ERA in the regular season. But for example, if you have a pitcher who is showing a very good percentage of curveballs outside the strike zone that are being called strikes... And then you go look at that pitcher and see historically, he's not a pitcher who gets those calls or gets batters to chase outside the strike zone. Here's what that may mean. Even though this player is giving up more hits in the preseason in the spring training, even though that player is being less efficient on the mound in spring training, he's throwing more pitches. One of his biggest obstacles in his past, which is getting curveballs slightly outside the zone called for strikes or getting batters to chase those, And that seems to have greatly improved. Why that happened, that's not important. We don't care. Now, we do care if this is a real thing. Is this lucky in the preseason? Is it a quick flash in the pan? Potentially, we'll keep an eye on that. But what this generally means... See, here's the thing. And and I'll, I'll finish my thought. What this generally means is that he has corrected something that in his past has really given him a lot of problems. And that seems to improve. Then we can translate and find that during the regular season, he's going to have much better stats because of that outside curveball, okay? Now, here's the thing. Is Connor or or, or a skeptic would probably say, yeah, but that's small sample size. Again, how do you know if he has a good percentage of curveballs outside the zone? How do you know that's not a fluke in the preseason? I know that because of a decade, 15 years of data. I went back and said to my computer, how often... Do these preseason stats translate to regular season success? And overwhelmingly, they do for things like this. Percentage of curveballs outside the strike zone. And the idea of, well, small sample size, how do you know? I don't know, but I have data that says it's more than likely to happen. That's what predictions are all about. We're not guaranteeing anything. We're saying this is much more likely to happen, and I, I... we're betting our money on it. You know, <laughs> that's it. You ever hear the expression, put your money where your mouth is. We are doing that. We do this on a, a active, regular basis. So I just think that we have to be so careful when we, when we watch a game and, and this is, this is evident in a lot of things in our lives, you know, well, we'll watch a game, a couple games, we'll get an idea of what's going to happen. I mean, how often do you, do you hear someone say, I'm not betting on that team. They suck. And then they go out and win. Well, maybe they don't win as much as the other team, but what we get in our mind is we predict what they're going to do. We've seen Baker Mayfield do bad for a couple weeks in a row. We think he sucks. Baker Mayfield's not the best quarterback in the league, but just because we saw him suck for a couple weeks doesn't mean it's going to be a predictive reality moving forward. You have to factor in other things. So when I get someone who says, what are you talking about? I watch preseason all the time and it doesn't translate. And then I go to my computer and my computer says, yeah, it strongly translates. What do you do? Okay. 
you get rid of the human biases. You get rid of everything that makes us worse sports bettors. You don't extrapolate. You don't do these things that end up hurting us. And look, my, my conclusion for this little study, well over 60% of players, which is the vast majority, have at least three factors. And these factors are different player to player that strongly are correlated to regular season success. And I did this again by going back 10 years and comparing spring training stats to regular season results. And when we find a pattern of stats or collection of events, we can much more strongly predict what those players will do. So the conclusion is spring training matters if you know what to look for. Simply watching, simply assuming, simply extrapolating is not wise. As I said earlier, if you do that, to me, that's right on par with you versus the meteorologist. He has millions of data points. He has years and years and years of data. And you walk outside your front door and look out out the window. You know, you just look outside. You stick your finger in the air. Who's going to come up with better predictions? Are you going to predict sometimes more correctly than the meteorologist? Of course you are. You're going to have a lot of times where the meteorologist says snow. You say no snow and it doesn't snow. But that doesn't mean you can repeat that process over and over and over and over for the rest of your career and make money. Okay, that's my point. Maybe occasionally spring training is not important, but overwhelmingly it is. All right, and so that necessarily that wasn't just about spring training. That was about predictions. That was about not letting our human biases get us down the wrong path and wasting our money betting into those ideas. All right, before we wrap things up on today's show, I've got some futures bets. We talked futures bets yesterday on the show, and after, like I said, when we wrapped up, I had a couple of things to go back and look for, and Connor brought up a few things that I think are very, very uh, legit that we need to re rehash here. He brought up Christian Yelich having a big bounce back year, and I think that is going to be the case. And I actually didn't get a lot, give a lot of uh, uh, as much credit on yesterday's show to the Brewers as I should have. I think the Brewers are going to be a very good team this year, much better than a lot of people think. And right now, preseason projections where the market has teams compared to where I have teams, the Brewers are substantially different in these in these uh, uh, kind of rankings. So. Let's talk about some futures bets. I have eight total futures bets to go over. Let's just start rattling them off. All right. Uh, I like Houston to make the playoffs. I found this at minus 125. To me, this is a this is one of the best prices I've found in the entire in, in the entire spring training market. Houston Astros to make the playoffs minus 125. I think that number should be closer to minus 200. We have heavy heavy value here with Houston uh, on on this uh, on this futures bet. And that's my biggest, just to let you guys know, that is my biggest futures bet that I have made. Houston, 125 to make the playoffs. Um, we're going to also go Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers over 83 wins. That is also, my, or that's minus 120. So Brewers over 83 wins, minus 120. All right, let's get a couple home run champs. We've got two home run champion bets. Who will lead the majors in home runs? Uh, I have Juan Soto, plus 900, and Christian Yelich at 20 to 1. By the way, I Juan Soto, a lot of people are talking about him. I thought 9 to 1, eh, a little bit of value, not bad. But Christian Yelich, I think this is great value at 20 to 1. As Connor said yesterday, you know, I, I agree. I think he has a bounce back year, and he's very capable of, of power. He hit 36 home runs in 2018. He hit 44 home runs in 2019. 
and you know, if you look at uh, the the ballpark he plays in, it's dead. It, it's fifteenth in the league, dead even. You know, very average for allowing runs. I think Christian Yelich at twenty to one is is a real good bet. So, uh, Juan Soto and Christian Yelich for our home run champs. All right, now these next two bets are for World Series matchups. Okay, who do we think will match up in the World Series? Bet number one, I've got the Brewers versus the Yankees. And I don't necessarily think the Brewers are the best team in the National League. I don't think the Brewers are... If I had to pick a team right now from the NL to represent the National League, I'd pick the Dodgers or the the Padres. But my point is, these prices are crazy. I mean, the Brewers likely won't make it, but the fact that we're getting charged 100-1, to Brewers-Yankees, that's value. So we'll take the Brewers versus the Yankees in the World Series. That pays 100 to 1. We're also going to put the Brewers with the Astros. I mentioned how I like Houston. I like the Astros. I think they're underrated. Same with the Brewers. Those two teams, if they meet up in the, in the, in the World Series, that is 200 to 1. So Brewers, Yankees, 100 to 1. Brewers, Astros, 200 to 1. And our last two bets of the day, both Cy Young Awards, National League Cy Young. We'll take Clayton Kershaw, 17 to 1. I think this is a cheap price for someone who certainly has the skill, has the talent to do this. As long as he doesn't get hurt and has a good regular season, you know, this is a story that writers, I think, could get behind. So uh, Clayton Kershaw, 17 to 1 for the Cy Young. And my last bet, National League Cy Young. I will take Blake Snell. Blake Snell traded from Tampa to San Diego. He's going to have, first of all, a field day going up against these other National League West teams, the Rockies, the Diamondbacks. I mean, this is not a good division he's going to be pitching in. And on top of that, he's got great run support, something he hadn't had consistently in Tampa. I just think that we're looking at a great career year for Blake Snell. Eight to one is the price for him to win the Cy Young. All right, that does it for today's show. And again, you know, I just wanted to get a point, get the point across today about predictions because this is what we all do. We don't have to sit down and say, I predict the Lakers are going to win by a five. You know, when, you, when you're talking to your buddy at work and you say, oh, what are you talking about? That team, they're not going to win. That's a prediction. You know, when you say, oh, I, I have this team minus six to nine, that's a prediction. You're always making these predictions one way or another. And I just wanted to say today, be careful of these little biases. When I get someone in here as smart as Connor yesterday saying the crazy stuff he's saying, that prompted me to say, this is time to address the problem with predictions. Good luck with whatever you guys have going today. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. <laughs>